What's up, guys? This is Sahani Rambod, and you're listening to The Truth Podcast. I'm here going to be introducing my first guest, which is actually the first guest ever I've had on this podcast, and that is somebody that I hold dear to not only as a friend, but a previous client and someone who has got a lot to say all the time. Uh, he's got his own podcast, so you definitely want to make sure you visit him on his. Um, Seth Ferrosi. And Seth and I go back uh, a ways back, and I don't want to get too deep into the stories, so I'm going to go ahead and log on. We're going to get him on a Zoom session here so we can do this remotely, and let me know how it goes. Again, guys, this is my first podcast. Let me know uh, what you guys want to see, who you want to see on the podcast, what the questions are. And again, I'm not, don't be too, you can't be too critical, so go ahead and let me know, because I love to hear your feedback. So let's grab Seth, and let's have fun with this one. What's up? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing great, man. Good to have you here, bro. Fuck yeah, dude. Thank you. I'm excited. I think, uh, does anybody even know your, did you, have you posted about this? Nope. Nope. This is like, you know how I do it. I was like, man. Nope. I don't, you know, I'm going to do some little bits of social media here and there and take some clips of it, but I haven't even announced that I'm doing this yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even, you know, what's crazy is I don't even think I told you the name of the podcast. I just saw it. (laughs) The The truth. truth. Honey Rambo. That's right, brother. (laughs) You know, and I always like to tell the truth when it comes to shit. We don't like to sugarcoat shit. No, it's not going to be. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's funny because I know you've had your podcast for a little while and I just uh, did a quick intro and I said that, you know, you like to go, that's kind of your mentality. And as you've kind of persevered in this industry. Podcasts are, podcasts are unique. They're a unique uh, social media outlet. If that's uh, social media, it's a, it's a wild platform. People, our our podcast has helped everything that we've done. So it's going to be, it'll be good. Yeah, well, we're going to have some really serious fun here because I'm sure you've done a lot of podcasts, but we can go into a lot of personal history. <laughs> Are you taking pictures of me right now? Yeah, I am. Of course I am. You're like TMZ right now. You're like TMZ right now. I love it. I love it. This is going to be fun. So I want to kind of start off with telling a little bit about, uh, you know, for the people who don't know who you are, because you're, I would say one or two generations away. I mean, if, it depends on how you, how you define a generation, right? A bodybuilding generation, you know, to me, a bodybuilding generation is about five to seven years. So you're at least one generation removed from when you competed last. And so, you know, we met when, right after you'd done your first show and we're talking uh 2000 and I believe it was 2009, right? Yep. Nine. Yep, and you had just gotten done doing the Kentucky show, and um, you were 24 years old. And again, t- this is, I'm going off of memory right now. Oh yeah. And, and you had just done, I believe was it was it Kentucky Muscle or what show was that? The Northern Kentucky. It wasn't even the Kentucky Muscle. No, the Northern Kentucky. It was uh, like the guys because I lived in Dayton at the time, and they told me they were like, "Bro, this is the show to do. It's good." Uh, uh, what is it? Beverly International was like yep. a big sponsor. Mm-hmm. So like it was a big show for uh, the Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, Kentucky area. And that was the one to do. Well, you did it. <laughs> and uh, how'd, how'd that turn out? Uh, so, all right. So we're good. We're going. 
we're going with this? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. We've been going, bro. Everybody <laughs> told me that, like, bro, I've been a fan of bodyboarding forever. That was it. So the Northern Kentucky was uh, – it was the show to do in the area. And, bro, I've always loved bodyboarding. I lived like a bodybuilder, ate like a bodybuilder, did everything like a bodybuilder from the time I was, like, 16 to 24. And then finally everybody's like, dude, you got to do it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to diet for a show. I've ne- I never dieted. I just know how to get big. I knew I like lifting weights. And uh, the guys I were hanging out with, they're like, this is the show to do. Dude, you're crazy looking. You're going you're gonna to kill it. So <laughs> I made the show. I'm in there. I'm like, all right, here we go. And the guy helping me, Drew, mm-hmm. he's like, we don't know your body too well, so we just got to pull water from it and all this. And I was like expecting to be a heavyweight. I go to the northern Kentucky, and my nerves get the best of me. Oh, you and nerves. We'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into yeah, some, a lot of first. So yeah. <laughs> pulling the water from me and they're, we're pulling water and I'm not in the greatest of shape. I didn't do a ton of cardio, started pulling the water. And then I created a layer of water cause I was nervous as shit and not in killer shape. And like it went well, cause I took first in the heavyweight class. I was 207 pounds mm-hmm. when I weighed in, I took first in the heavyweights. I didn't win the overall. But um, let's just say I sweat a shit ton at prejudging. I was right. a fucking mess at prejudging. <laughs> and uh, I came back a little better, better at the night show, but I won the overall at the Northern Kentucky. Or I won the heavyweight division at the Northern Kentucky. And then I was like, I'm going to do the Pittsburgh, and then I'm going to do North Americans. I'm going to turn pro. That's going to be my big break. Yeah, well, let's go. Let's go. Let, let, let's 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 go through the the little motions because we met right after that. Right after you did the Northern Kentucky, we had a mutual friend, Bill Comstock, who had contacted me and said, "Hey, there's this kid. He's good, but he's not that good." And I go, "What does that mean?" <laughs> he goes, "Well, he's got a potential to be really good, but but I said, well, how has he competed?" And he goes, "He's done one show." And so, and for those of you that don't know Seth, obviously we're going to get a little bit into this because I could have prefaced this and said, you know, he's, he's the owner of Axe and Sledge supplement um, brand. He's also, um, you know, I don't even know the name of your gymnastics um, company that you have with your uh, fiance. Uh, Elegance Elite Gymnastics. We have yeah, the Axe and Sledge supplements. We got all American Roughneck Apparel, and then we have uh, Elegance Elite Gymnastics. So you have all these brands now, but when I met him, he didn't have shit. <laughs> You know, I'm <laughs> dumb, dumb kid. I was in love with bodybuilding. I knew exactly who the fuck you were. I knew who everybody was in the industry. Right. I knew everything. I was I was diehard, man. Well, and the great thing about it was that Bill had said, hey, look, you know, I know you don't work with a lot of people, but this guy's got some potential. So I'm I'm giving a little bit of this backstory because I keep hearing about how I only work with the guys that are already the best and I make them better or, or, or I just just get them right over the hunt. And perfect example is someone like you who had just won your class, didn't win the overall at the northern Kentucky. OK, and that's where we're the this is where the story begins. So, you know, so listen up. <laughs> this is how the story begins. Shit, just so everybody is well aware. I was a water <laughs> buffalo. I had more fucking water on me than anybody can ever imagine. The amount of baby fat was fucking, it was sky high. Yeah, you know, he had a good base of some muscle, but conditioning was way off. And, you know, he had sent me, you know, you had sent me some pictures. We were like three or four weeks out and said, hey, look, what I need to do? And I said, you need to do some cardio. You need to clean it up. You need to do this. So 
you know, give you some pointers to clean it up, got you to the point where, you know, you looked respectable. And then, uh, and again, this is going to be in Pittsburgh because I'm going to be in Pittsburgh. I'm in Pittsburgh every year normally because, you know, Jim Mannion, president of the uh, IFPB Pro League, the NPC, it's his show. So I'm there at the time. I'm working with Phil and Jay, and I got my crew hall all there because it was um, coming. I had started working with Jay in January 2009. He had just lost a couple of months before that. And so I had Jay there and Phil there, and they were like, hey, what are you doing? You normally don't have anybody in a shows like this. And I said, well, I got this up and comer. And, and obviously nobody knew who you were, right? And they're like, well, how is he? And I was like, he's a fucking mess. <laughs> he's, a, he's an absolute <laughs> mess. And they're like, what do you mean? I, took, I was like, yeah. And I had some pictures of you from, your, from when I came and checked you in the room. And I was like, well, this is what he looks like. And they're like, oh, man, how are you going to fix that? And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, and literally, this is the day before the show, and you would come in the room, and I'll tell I'll let you tell the story because you tell it so well. You were freaking out. You were with your ex back then, losing my mind. I'm losing my mind at this point, and like because I have such I have such respect for you. You actually you were like I'm going to take you under my wing. We're going to do this. I believe that you can you can do some great things here, but you got a lot of work to do, kid. Like all right, you know whatever you want me to do. You come into the room and uh, and you're telling me like you had these wide eyes and I'm like fuck, dude, wide wide eyes aren't good. They're not good at all. And you're like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. We got to get all this water off of you. And I'm like, this is. Well, and we're talking water. Like, I mean, you look like when I saw you walk in the room. This is the day before prejudging of the Pittsburgh amateur show. It's, it's the actual state show for Pittsburgh. So what people don't understand who don't follow bodybuilding to the nth degree is that the, the Pittsburgh has an amateur portion to it. Then they have a pro portion to it. And then you have all of the top Olympia guys that are the absolute best posing uh, guest posers in the world. Cause you have everyone from Kai to Phil to Jay to, you know, big Rammy, anybody who's anybody is there. Right. Yes. So, and you decided to do this show as your second show coming off of a class win of the Northern Kentucky with a couple of weeks with me right beforehand, just helping you. And then I'm like, what can I do to fix this? I'll meet you in your room. So you came over. I think actually you came to my room, I think. And you're like, knock, 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 knock. You come in and you literally look like you're eight weeks out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like the amount of water. I thought you ate pizza. I swear to God, I thought you ate so. I thought you went off, and you had like a pizza and beer, and and ate a bunch of shit. And I was like, oh, so you're not doing the show? Like, <laughs> I, I swear to God, okay. I thought I thought that. And you're like, no, bro, this is what happens to me. Your this hands are shaking to me every time. And you're That's like, exactly you the face. Show. So I say, he says, this happens to me all the time. I go, what do you mean all the time? You've only done one show in your life. What do you mean all the time? Like, I mean, I, I don't know if you like pose like before or after having sex. I don't know what you do, but you're like worried that you're like all the time. Like, 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 like you literally were talking about it. Like you'd already competed years and years and hundreds of times. And you're like, this happens to me all the time, bro. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, well, all the time. You're telling me you've only competed once. <laughs> once. <laughs> So at the end of the day, then we said, okay, so now, now we just, we basically sat down and I've come to the conclusion that you were no longer, you were not joking. (laughs) You were actually going to be doing the show and you hadn't eaten shit. 
you just freak out and you became a water buffalo. I think I gave you that nickname Tatanka because yes, that was the word. with me a good bit. Yeah. And uh, Tatanka means water buffalo in like some kind of um, American Indian language. I, I saw that in like Dancing with the Wolves. Um, but <laughs> Tatanka. <laughs> and, uh, and so what happened was that at that point, you know, we had to try to get the water off. So, so I started you pulling me all right. Yeah, I did. I pulled every I don't want to get into too much of the secrets, bro, because the secret yeah, everyone's going to want to hear the secrets. Like me going back to the room and like taking a deep breath and being like, OK, I'm about to sweat more than I've ever sweat in my entire life. Yeah. And it has to occur. And I've never done this. And I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to fucking happen. I made weight. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I have a picture. Fuck. I don't have it here. I have a picture of me sitting there after we got all that off. Mm -hmm. I'm all tanned up and I'm sitting in the chair like with my feet up and I am like, you just saw everything out of me. And I have that picture, it's at home and I'm like, it's one of my favorite pictures. You guys send me that picture. Cause maybe what can do is I can, I can put it up on here when we do the edit. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, I'm gonna put, I'll make sure you get it. And I'm like, I was just like, that picture to me right there was like the beginning of it all because it was so intense. It was so crazy. But the what what occurred from there to the outcome of the show, me, me winning the whole fucking show was insane. And that was the whole start of me just like loving that sick intensity that bodybuilding is. Fucking loved it. Right. Well, and you came, did you play any sports in high school? I can't remember if you played any sports in high I school. I played football and wrestled for two years in high school. And then I just fell in love with lifting weights. Right. Right. And at that time, I was also trying to figure out your coachability because, you know, I, I'd already worked with, you know, for Phil with, for four or five years by that time, four years. And I'd worked with a lot of USA champions and, and whatnot. And yeah, was already six years deep into my article, my procreator column. So I had a lot of people always hitting me up. But one of the biggest things was always trying to figure out whether or not I bring somebody in is going to under my team was whether or not somebody is coachable. So I wanted to kind of figure out like, OK, yeah, he freaked out a bit, but he came around and let's see how this goes. And I even think I told you, you said, well, what are we doing next? Because so you came in, you won your class, you won the overall. And you even had all the pros going, wow, that guy, because back then it wasn't 212, it was 202 back then. Mm -hmm. And they said, wow, that guy can be up there in a, in a top five in the 202, you know? And I was like, yeah, too bad you didn't see him yesterday. You wouldn't have said that yesterday. <laughs> it was like a before picture in the Jenny Craig commercial. <laughs> you know, but, um, but all, all together, you brought it all around. And, you know, like I said, you freaked out a bit. 24 it was only your second show it was your first first state show and um, yeah and you had a ton of people there so you had like you know you had all the top bodybuilders in the world sitting there watching that was when magazines were a big deal that's whenever bodybuilding was like at a pinnacle whenever like the only way you found out was to sit your ass there or buy the magazine it was a huge deal it was huge it really deal. was i mean it was just that and maybe get big and that was it. It was, it was it, you know, know? yeah, yeah. Maybe MySpace. Maybe MySpace was around back then. So it was. It was I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is before the beard. This is before the tattoos. Like if you go look at the FST seven videos that we did, like about a year after that, it was. I got it, so many messages about that. So many. They were like, "Dude, you don't look right." I was like, "That's what. That's that's what built me. That right there. That shit." 
Yeah, that's that's what happened. And uh, what was crazy is going into that story is that we were setting that foundation, like, you know, us working together, basically saying, hey, look, building that trust up, saying, I'll help you get to that other point, help you push through it, get the return. And then, like you said, the magazine started calling then. How did that feel? How did that feel for you? Because I know that was like a very surreal feeling, right? So what uh, I've been a fan of bodybuilding forever. Like when I was 15 years old, stopped playing high school sports. And I was like, I want to be a bodybuilder. So the wild, the first wild feeling was meeting Bill Comstock at the show. Cause I knew he was a photographer for MD. I saw his name all the time. I'm like, Holy shit, this is wild. And then whenever he's like, I'm going to send this to a couple close friends and, uh, and we'll see what happens. And I'm like, cool beans, dude, let's see. And then I get your number. And I'm like, Holy fuck. I'm going to call honey Rambot. That was the thing when I was like, this is this actually like these crazy thoughts that I have in my head whenever everybody's in the gym or, 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 or laying down at nighttime thinking I'm going to be a pro one day. Like that's whenever it was like, holy fuck, this is actually going to happen. Then I'm talking to you. And then I realized, like, like you said, you were telling me what to eat and you were like, what do you eat? And I said, chicken, this and chicken, that. And you're like, no, no fish, fish, yeah. this fish, that. And I'm like, yeah, after I saw those pictures, I put you on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had, you you kept, yeah. I remember you, you had a lot of problems with, and it's funny cause it's 10 years now. You had a lot of problems with bloating and uh, digestibility. Oh yeah. And that was, that was something that, uh, so then whenever, uh, we do all this together and like you had my back, I realized that like you had my best interest and that, and then whenever the magazines MD were like, they, they said, we'd like to fly you out for a photo shoot. We'd like to potentially sign you to the team. And I'm like, man, I didn't even win. I didn't even turn pro yet. And this is going to happen. And, uh, and you guided me along with it all. And I was like, okay, like this is going to get real and at that point like you said with the coaching and that's one thing that a lot of people need to understand is when it, you need to have a coach that like you you're right here with yeah. on the same playing field you're coachable you're you you're you're open to listening you're and like your favorite thing about me i remember you were like you're just too stupid you're too naive you don't even know like you're just gonna you're just gonna work the fuck out of these things right here and grind them into the ground simple basic yeah. things and um but whenever I got those phone calls for the magazine and then it kept getting closer and then I realized like I'm, I'm getting trained by the person that's training Phil Heath. Uh, I didn't even know you were coaching Jay at the time. Mm-hmm. You were coaching Mark Alves, Tamer Algundi, Brandon Ray. Those were the fucking mm-hmm. big names of that yeah. time. Yeah. And I'm God. like, man, me, I'm right in the mix of these people. And these are people that I was looking up to a year and a half ago in the magazines. And I'm like, fuck, now I'm going to compete against them. And I'm like, you're not allowed to be a pussy. You're not allowed not to take this serious. And I wanted to be a pro so bad that I was like, yeah, anything. I'm like, let's fucking go. Yeah. And I dragged you along a little bit because I remember I said, yeah, everyone's like, so is he going to do nationals? Is he going to do whatever North American? Is he going to be whatever? And I was like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. And I kept making sure that you wouldn't go off and go off the deep end and start eating or doing anything crazy. So I kept dragging you along and saying, you know, and I said, no, we're going to see, we're going to see, because I wanted to make sure that you were staying within a a, a reasonable look. So you wouldn't go off the deep end. And again, checking to see your coachability. And I remember that you stayed within the confines of the program and didn't allow yourself to get too heavy and you said okay just let me know just let me know what you want to do let me know what should i do and it's just everything a coach wants to hear 
Let me know what you want to do. And I said, okay, we're going to do nationals. And um, turns out the next show, which was literally six months after the Pittsburgh, right? Yep. So mm -hmm. um, you're talking about Pittsburgh's always the first week of May. Then the nationals is always like the the first portion of November, a week or two before Thanksgiving, depending on what year it falls on. Yep. And we decided to do that. <laughs> it was fucking mayhem. For the, you, you said it earlier how people were like, "Oh, you only work with the best," and then you're like, "Motherfuckers!" I was working <laughs> with a bag of shit. And the thing is, is yeah, because they don't they don't see that other, those other people. Because I wasn't like, because they saw this polished product. Right. I had the base, I know about training, I knew how to lift weights, I had such a passion for it, but getting in shape was a yeah. big problem for me. Yes. It was a huge problem. 10 weeks out, I was 10 weeks out from nationals. I remember I was 10 weeks out and you were like, we're gonna start two a days on cardio. And I'm like, mm -hmm. two a days. Yeah. You're like, we need to do two a days and I'm like, you know, I read all the articles you write about people. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else is fucking doing two days, dude. That's not true. We had, we had Phil, I had Phil doing two a days too, but it wasn't that much. I, you, I didn't say those things, but that's what was going on in my head. I was right. like, two days. So right. like in the morning and the evening and you're like, yeah, and train in the middle of the day. And I'm like, oh boy. Okay. Yep. Whatever you say, dude. Uh, but it was, uh, that was, that was whenever I, um, I, I had to, it was a leveling up phase yeah. and I'll never forget it because I was like, it was the, the, that was the moment I'm like 10 weeks, that's 70 days. So for 70 straight days, I'm going to do an, I'm going to do 45 minutes of cardio twice a day for mm -hmm. 70 straight days. I'm like one session of 45 minutes is a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and uh, and then within bodybuilding, you know, it's like uh, for, for people, they most people know, but like, the food is going to start to decrease at some point. The energy levels are going to start to decrease and you're going to feel like a bag of shit. You're going to get tired. You're going to be lethargic. You're going to be clouded because as it gets closer and closer, like I remember like sending you pictures and being like, man, that's pretty fucking good. Like I can see, I can start seeing some lines in my butt cheeks. I was like, I'm fucking on dude. I'm looking good. You know, we're four and a half, five weeks out. And then I get, Hey, uh, the next three cardio sessions, an hour a session. <laughs> I thought I looked good. I thought I was doing good. What the fuck is this shit? Um, then I remember I'm like breaking down, sitting there like I just read the email and I'm sitting there with my hands on my head and I'm like, I gotta go do an hour cardio. But I threw a happy face on at the end of that and said, How to, but let me know, you know, have a good day. I said, but at the end of the email, I would always throw like a little happy face or a thumbs up. Oh yeah, you were yeah, always talked up about it. You always yeah. made me feel like you were happy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm like the the thing you never told me I looked good. Mm. You never were like, you look great, dude. You look great. Let's keep doing it. And and looking back on it, it was because you wanted to see where I would go. Yeah. How far? How far are you willing to go? And, and I look back, then I'm like, man, this motherfucker's rough. But I had, I was like, this is the guy and I have the opportunity that I'm, I'm, I'm in right now. I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you talk to anybody that works with me in the past, they'll, they'll tell you the same thing. You know, there's no shortcuts. It's very, it's, it's just, I'm never happy. I'm, I'm always, you know, until, until the end. 
you know, if we get the result that we want, but I'm always chasing greatness and always trying to get whoever I'm working with to chase that. And so it's really not a matter of, it's just, it's in my DNA. And that's every single, cause I, we didn't even get to that part yet of talking to Mark Alvisi, talking to Tamer, uh, mm-hmm. talking to Brandon, I, I, whenever, uh, that's how you were with all of them. Mm-hmm. Where you ne- you've never played favorites. Mm-hmm. You were, cause we, Brandon, myself and Tamer, we all did nationals 09 together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you coached all three of us yep. and like all of us was, we were all like right there, neck and neck. And mm-hmm. there was no favorites because everybody was fucking shredded. Mm-hmm. Everybody was. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but there was only one person that was ferocity shredded. So and, uh, that's there. where, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that. We're going to have to talk about what that means because Fuad and all the other crew will tell you that because that's around the time I started, I believe, God, when did I work with Fuad around that time too? Uh, it was, was right around that time. You had me doing all this cardio. Uh, you were so in tune with everything I was doing back and right. forth with uh, my, my stepper, my treadmill work back and forth. You're like, Hey man, your legs are starting to take a beating, lay off the stepper, go to the, um, go to the treadmill. And then you instructed me how to use the treadmill, how to pull with my glutes, how to pull with my hamstrings, how every step was, every step you take is with a purpose. Whenever you think like that, you're going to gain that. And like, when you're doing it, you're, I'm like, Holy fuck, dude, there's, this is like work all the time. So every fucking step for the next hour on this fucking treadmill has to be with a purpose. All right. So here we go. And I'm fucking, and as we got closer and closer, you were like, as we get closer, we'll stay more and more in touch. And we did. And, um, like uh, through that time, I was just, I was watching other people online because everybody was like, why the fuck is this guy even being talked about? This guy isn't going to show up to the show. He's going to deal with fucking Brandon Ray, Tamar Al Gundy, mm-hmm. fucking, uh, Al Augusti. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I look that good? Honey doesn't tell me I look that good. <laughs> I know I'm, I, I can do this. I can do this. And, uh, I was, I was three weeks out. I was, it was like 23 days, 23 days out from the show. I got done doing cardio for an hour. And my dad, I was living with my parents at the time mm-hmm. doing cardio in the basement. My dad came down and I was doing some posing in the mirror and, uh, uh and he's on, he's watching everything too. My old man was paying attention to everything. And um, he's like, how you feel? And I'm like, I feel like fucking dog dick. And he's like, you don't look good here. He's like, but everything else, he's like, there's nobody else that I've looked at that looks like that. I'm like, you think so? And he's like, dude, he's like, look at this. He's like, your lower back. He's like, nobody else's lower back looks like that. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Like, I appreciate that. I felt good. And um, uh, two days later, three days later, 20 days out, I had sent you pictures and you're like, Hey, looking a little depleted. You're looking a little drawn. When was the last time you had a cheat meal? I was like, a cheat meal. You're like, yeah, when was the last time you had a meal? And I'm like, I think like, I think like week eight, like Mm -hmm. eight weeks out. And he's like, eight weeks. (laughs) You're like, all right, here was what we're going to do. You're like, you need to go and get a steak burger and some angel food cake and a diet Coke. 
No, no. Mm -mm. We're too close to the show. I can't do that. You're like, you need to calm down. You, Because I was freaking out in my head. I'm like, I'm 20 days out from this show. I'm winning this motherfucker. It's in my head now. And you're like, go do this. And I'm like, he's telling me. I'm like talking to myself in the basement because I just got done doing cardio talking to you. So I go to Longhorn Steakhouse. I eat big steak burger, some French fries. I brought angel food cake from Walmart to the dinner table, had two Diet Cokes with it, and I'm at dinner sweating, <laughs> freaking the fuck out. I leave the table, run to the bathroom, take off all my clothes, all of them, I'm fucking in my underwear, and I'm sweating. In the bathroom, so you're in the bathroom of the restaurant? At Longhorn, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm naked, I'm, <laughs> I'm half naked, my you know, underwear's all hiked up, I'm like looking, fucking, I am popping, and I'm like, this is working. It works. Put on all my clothes, came back and sat down at dinner. And I'm like, this is awesome. I was completely rejuvenated. Uh, I got a little bit, I got a little uh, watery the next day, but then workouts were insane. And five days later, I was fucking wild looking. And I'm like, I think I was like, I started believing that I was going to win this fucking show. Mm -hmm. I was dreaming it. But then when I was, we're under two weeks out, I was like, I'm going to win this fucking show. I'm going to win. And oh. um, uh, at that point, I remember because you just started Evagen. Mm -hmm. You sent me shirts. I was all pumped up. Yeah, you were one of the first, uh, what do you call us? You were one of the first lab rats. <laughs> you were like, oh, yeah. we sending yeah, you stuff. I remember. It was nuts. Great yeah. fucking, great PVP, dude. Yep. Any flavor you want, as long as it was great back then. <laughs> fucking great, dude. That's what you're getting. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember, so at that point, uh, still not telling me I look good. Um, I didn't say you looked bad. I, I never know, said no, you no, looked no. bad. So let's just, because you know, because people who are watching or listening to this, because you know, if you're watching it on YouTube or if you're listening to it on the podcast, what you don't understand is that I don't, I don't talk like somebody is worse than they are. I'm always, I'm in the, always in the mindset of coaching the way I coach. And, and as, as, as this program progresses and there's more stories like this, what you'll notice is that I'm the type of coach that doesn't want to create a, a system uh, or habits where you looked uh, like a sprinter to the left or to the right. You concentrate on the finish line. And then when you go back and you look at the replay, you go, oh, shit, that was some distance I created. Right. And that's the mentality that we're talking about here. Yeah, I, I, I speak. I was speaking loosely because this is all in the past, and I know the outcome. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> your mindset, what you what you guided me along within the bodybuilding was uh, like you just kept saying, just do the work, focus on on the task at hand, but one workout at a time. Because there was days whenever uh, you would be like, "Hey, you're training arms today. Make sure you're doing this." you knew my schedule and it was like, you just made sure I was in here. I was in this and I didn't have to think about Tamer. I didn't have to think about Brandon, even though I did at times, mm -hmm. but it was always focus on, on, I tell people now in all my YouTube videos, like every step that I take with cardio still to this day is with a purpose. I'm still, I'm, I'm pretty chunky right now. And if I took two weeks of dieting, I'd probably start seeing some separation in my hamstrings and glutes. Yep. And it's only because every single step that I ever take is always with a purpose. 
And, and when you think that way, you'll start doing that with every exercise, with every single set, with every single rep. But that was the foundation. That was the foundation, right? That was the foundation we were trying to lay was that so that you understood the, the mentality you needed so that you went in and not just go through the range of motion. I mean, you know, whether it's a rep or whether it's cardio, it's with purpose. And that's yes. what I was trying to teach you back then. Oh, because and and that's how you that's how you build the like you build that foundation. But it's it's way different. Like now that I'm you know with muscle maturity and where I was and what I was capable of doing, I was like, holy fuck! Like this is this is very intense, very wild. Because when you're young, you're dumb and just an asshole, and you're listening. I turned into an asshole. We'll get to that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I can't forget that part. No. So we went to. Um, uh, we went to nationals and leading into that, like you had depleted me and pushed me with cardio so hard because you knew I freaked out. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You knew that I was, I get the nerves, get the best of me and yep. leading into the show that two weeks out, you're like, Hey dude, we're going to push on our goal with this is I need you to be in such good shape that no matter what you do in your head, it won't affect what you look like. I'm like, you mean I'm like no water in this? And you're like, you need to be in such good shape and so conditioned that no matter what happens, it's going to be a great outcome. And I'm like, all right, that made me feel better, but there was a lot of work to do. So leading into it, and then whenever I got there, um, I was pretty peeled. I was so excited for the carb up. It was my first real carb up. Um, and, and we got there, and you had me eating a ton, cut the water, all that fun stuff. Um, and you weren't giving me any sodium. Mm -mm. no No sodium no nothing just bunch of fucking carbs and uh i'll never forget weigh-ins you knew i was shredded you Mm. knew i was healed yeah you were fucking inside out you were inside absolutely out yeah it was it was a wild look um so this is my favorite story of bodybuilding everyone you knew how peeled I was. I didn't, I saw no one. Whenever I got there, you, we got my food and you sent me right up to the room. You were the only one that fucking saw me. You were the only one that knew what I looked like. We, no photos got leaked. No one knew what I was doing. Nobody saw shit. You saw me in a fucking t-shirt or maybe a cutoff. That was it. Nobody saw anything. Nobody saw nothing. The leg separation. So I'm in line. Everybody lines up. We have our jumpsuits on. Everybody lines up for the light heavyweight. I think there was like close to 40 people in the light heavyweight division. Some of the biggest names in amateur bodybuilding. Al Augusti, Tamer, Brandon Ray. uh, And Tamer just won the USA. He had just won the USA but didn't get his pro card. He missed that pro card because they only had a couple pro cards. And so he missed that. So he was trying to come back and go there. And even then I was thinking, okay, this is going to be even tough for Tamer. Uh, yeah. Because so you said, hey, no matter what everybody says and what they're telling you to do, don't take your clothes off until you're second in line or get weighed in. And a minute later, they say, all right, everybody strip down. And I look at you and you're like, nope. And I'm like, <laughs> looking around, everybody else is taking the shit off. And you're like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. And I'm like. I'm not, if he says I'm not doing it, I'm not fucking doing it. So we're walking forward, we're progressing forward. And I'm like, at this point, like, I'm like starting to think like, I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm in better shape than all of them. 
I realized right then, I'm like, I'm fucking peeled. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be a good time. <laughs> Second in line, I look over at you and you're like, just give me this nod. And I'm like, take everything down, took a deep breath. And I looked out into like the crowd of people, all Dave Palumbo, all the other coaches and everything. And they're all like this. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> this is good. I'm fucking pumped. Weigh in. I weigh in. And then a uh, guy comes over to take a picture. There's one photo of me from that too. I'll, I'll send you that photo as well. And then you, and then you were like, put your clothes on, go back to your fucking room. I'm like, put my clothes on, zip up, fucking walked right out there and back up to my room. And, uh, and sure enough, that was whenever everybody started fucking, it all started. Everything on the forums. Blew up, man. Blew it up. Blew they, up. Gary Udit started hitting you up, be like, where the fuck did, what is going on right now? Yeah, I remember everybody was just like, they pulled me aside and they're like, dude, I just saw the kid. And that's what they would call you. The kid, the kid, the kid from Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, because I, you know, I was like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, the kid from the Pittsburgh, that won the Pittsburgh show. And they're like, honestly, bro, the kid, he's, he, he's going to do really, really well. And I said, I hope so. You know, we'll see, you know, we just keep it together. Cause you know me, I, like I said, it's not done until it's done. And, um, national shows, you know, you have a prejudging, you have a night show. Um, uh, they're usually on separate days. Um, you know, two day show that one was yep. mm -hmm. two day show. And you got to, you know, pull, pull it together for, for both. But for the most part, uh, I think everybody finally got a little shock, a little, little bit of that taste of what you're going to look like. So it went from Northern Kentucky again, guys, this wasn't a guy that was a pro yet. He wasn't even a national level guy. He won his class. He didn't win it overall. So for all of you guys that keep asking, well, who's he done that with? I mean, again, the list goes on and on, but this is somebody that you guys actually know who you follow or have seen if you're anywhere, you know, unless you're under a rock somewhere and you'll know who Seth is. And then he goes into win the, his class in the overall at the Pittsburgh pro, um, I'm sure pro slash amateur. Obviously he did the amateur division and then he gets his pro card all one, two, three within eight months of one another within eight to nine months of one another, because I think what's Northern Kentucky, was that probably like March or April? March, right. March 11th. There you go. And we were talking probably like around November 11th is when you got your pro card. And November 21st, um, it was my birthday. There you go. And then that's right. Cause you had just turned 25. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember happy birthday. That was a happy, that was a really good birthday. It was, it was one of those things that, uh, everything aligned. It was a wild, it was a surreal feeling. It was insane because um, I had that, that show, uh, I'll never forget it because it, it had such an impact on everything that we worked for. Whenever whenever uh, they called my name as the winner of the show, I was like, holy. Well, let's go back a little bit. When you were, when you were on stage too, how did that feel when they put you in the middle? All right. Everybody wants to know what that fucking feeling feels like. There ain't yeah. nothing like getting put in the middle, especially whenever everybody at that show was at their best. Like, don't, like, Al Augusti was insane. Mm -hmm. Tamer was peeled. Yeah. Brandon Ray had a look on him that was round, full, mm -hmm. in shape, deep separation. Like, mm -hmm. it was, it was intense. Um, and whenever they put me in the middle, that's whenever I was like, it's going down. Like, it's here. You better pose. Cause with you, 
uh, for everybody that perfection. Every single detail always mattered. Like when you you because you knew I was going to be in the middle, and you said if they put you in the middle, I want you to pose pose your ass off. I want you to work the line. I want you to make sure that you are tight. Your legs are tight. Feet are on the ground. Like all these little little details were so important that people don't even know about, right. and how to work the line of a bodybuilding show. Yeah. Um, it was it, it was all of these things that I just I had no clue about. I was naive because I just never did it before. And you were coaching me, so every little detail you told me, I was doing. And even Gary, whenever I you were like, go see Gary, you did it before the show two weeks out. He's like, you said. Yeah, he helped you as your posing. Yeah. 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 He, he was the guy yeah. who did all my posing. And you were yeah. like, work your ass off. Posing has to be just like the workout. So when you're on stage, you know, you're not you're not over. You're not over. Uh, you're not nervous or anything. Yeah. Or to get tired because people don't, don't you can tell when people don't practice their posing and then they get really fatigued on stage, especially if you're getting multiple call outs. So whenever they put me in the middle and removing everybody else around and I was like, okay, I was like, I think, I, I think I got this. I was like, but like you said, it's a two day show and there was no letting off the gas. There was no, you, you couldn't, you, you weren't like, oh, like after prejudging was over, which you have your five fucking minutes on stage. It's like, okay, back to work. We need to clean up your tan. We've got to get all, make sure you take a shower, get all cleaned yeah. up, make sure you're good. Where these are, this is the amount of fluid you're going to take in. These are the next three meals that you're going to do. This is what we like. It was like step by step. And then I'm going to come back and look at you again. Perfection. All of these little crumbs that people don't think about add up to a big fucking pile. So it was, uh, but also at that show, the super heavyweight of that show was Cedric McMillan. Right. That was that. So between me being fucking inside out, scary peeled. And then you have Cedric McMillan, who is just like, everybody's like, Oh, look at this. This is like the next coming of Arnold. This is like a black Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. So it was like, they're like, this is a fucking wild nationals. It was a yeah. wild, wild show. But, um, but that finals, what happened was they put you guys right next to each other. They put you guys right next to each other because Cedric didn't walk away with it. And, no, there, there uh, and was, I think if you go back, you're going to look, there were some first place votes with you, even though Cedric won the overall, he ended up winning. You did get some first place votes, but it, it, it was, it was kind of surreal, right? Oh, dude. Uh, like, okay. So we'll go back on to, uh, that day of that show. You were like, we're going to push things a little bit harder with your food because you're going to be on stage. You weren't telling me I was going to, I was going to go to the overall, but you were insinuating because I, I knew it. I was like, I'm going to the fucking overall in my yeah. head, but we, yeah. didn't, we didn't say to each other. No, didn't um, to. so then right. you're like, all right, we're going to push a little bit more. We're going to work with your, we're, you, the, the carbohydrate uh, complex, the drink. You were like, all mm -hmm. right, we're going to give you a little bit more. We're going to mm -hmm. push because I think we got room to push with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then you were like, all right, now you've never been on stage with the big boys. Mm -hmm. You got to work that fucking line. You have to appear bigger than that son of a, you have to appear bigger than you actually are. And I'm like, how's that going to happen? He's like 60 fucking pounds bigger than me. Mm -hmm. You're like, it's going to work. So I remember whenever uh, we did the overall, uh, we're in there. Jeff Long was the heavyweight that won. Um, so it was us three 
that was yep. up there. And I'm like, I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to work this line and I'm going to make every little adjustment that you were coaching me on. And then whenever you were like, whenever they call the pose down, you get right next to that motherfucker and you go right <laughs> after them. <laughs> I'm like, you got it. So I remember wherever that dude was going, I was doing it. I was like, cause I was in better shape than him. And it was just like a scary, hard peeled, ugly, nasty shredded look. And you were like, get right next to him. So uh, I'll see if I can dig up the other picture that he that he and I, there was this one that was funny because, you know, Cedric's a cut up. He's a yeah. big ball buster. Yeah. So we were on stage having a good time and uh, it was it was really, really, really wild. Yeah, it was a good time, man. It was really good because you had fun. It was great to see someone who really appreciated being there because you hadn't gotten to the point where you're, you were bitter yet because that that comes later. You know, um, that that comes later in different people's um, mindset, whether, you know, you don't win any shows or whether you win Olympias. I mean, there's there's different forms of of conf, how to deal with conflict and, and coping mechanisms. But I think the cool thing was it was like you were like innocent. You were just like wide eyed, like I'm just having so much fun. And you go back and you look at the FSC seven videos and you can see like how young you were, you know, and, and not just young in terms of your age, but just because again, this was only your third show. This is, you know, people didn't get to witness any of the real hype until 24 hours prior during the weigh-ins. That's when it started. Then the prejudging, then the finals all within about 24 to 36 hours. And then the next morning, How'd you feel? I mean, what happened? I mean, that night, the next morning, uh, do you remember any of that? I couldn't, uh, I remember, I remember after, after it was all, after it was over, we, you and I did an interview with Sean Ray for MD mm -hmm. and, uh, I walked outside and I was with my family cause everybody was there. My parents were there. Everybody's there. And you came out and like the feeling that I had whenever, cause there's a picture, I, my mom has these pictures and uh the picture with you and i, I definitely need him oh yeah it was it was so i remember because i had the evagen shirt on it was black and it had the evagen straight down the side here oh yeah um yeah all because you were that evagen blue was it dude so that was it. i remember the picture because i was so proud that uh because i knew what you did for me you know i did you 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 took me under your wing whenever you knew i had potential but again like you worked the fuck out of me it was one of those things that not a lot of people can work with you. No. Whenever you, the, the level of, of uh, perfection and your expectation of what people are willing to do, like you can't just go work out with you. No, you're not just training with Hani Rambot. Like you go do a workout, you're like, hey, I'm gonna go do arms with Hani. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> good luck, have fun. It was it, it, not many people can handle the intensity and what you expect because from what I take back, you, we've never talked about this, but from what I took from it was, if you're going to do this, why not push yourself to a level that is greatness? Why don't you push yourself to a level that even you're amazed at? Like I have, I've, I had trouble getting in shape. I'm, I'm like the fat white guy and yet somehow I'm known as one of the most conditioned bodybuilders when I was at my best. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. What was the nickname? Yet whenever you are going to do something, you do it with a level of perfection. All those little crumbs add up into a big pile. And I'm a result of that. And my mentality was 
uh, I always wanted to do it. I just didn't know how. And that's why you and I clicked like we did. Yeah, and it was it was great. The, the, the feelings that, bro, oh, I was a kid, I loved bodybuilding. I know everything. I know all about the history of bodybuilding. I know every bodybuilder. I know every bodybuilder still to this day. I'm still a fan. Yet it's like whenever those things actually occur for you, it's um, it's surreal. I'll never forget it. The magazine covers, the spreads in the magazines. The nickname, man. You're forgetting the nickname. The nickname, Ferocy Shredded. <laughs> that right there. Uh, okay, so whenever it was Ferocy Shredded came from what I look like at nationals. Mm -hmm. It was borderline disgusting, mm -hmm. sickening. It was crazy. And then that's whenever everybody from around the industry started going like, holy fuck, like Fuad was like, how do I get Ferozzi shredded? Right. He's right. like, I want a piece yeah. of that. And yeah. um, the, the, it's wild because in my head, I'm still 16 years old, still mm -hmm. to this day. I'm still just a kid that loves bodybuilding. Yet I have to know that what I'm doing and what I'm doing here, I take very seriously. And you progress every single day mentally. But the the love that I have for the sport, training, lifting weights, there's nothing like it. Whenever you find something that you're so good at, and that you get around people that have that same passion, that personality meshes with, like insane great things are going to occur. And that's. After this, we went to we went to uh, the Dallas Europa in oh in 2010, mm -hmm. and I was that was a scary show because I had to make weight and uh, and then I remember because Dave Palumbo I'll never forget Dave Palumbo made a post when he was watching and he's like I want to vomit looking at this man because I was so threaded, so peeled it looked like I had no skin and he's like I want to vomit hard yeah. as fucking nails. That was a wild show. Fuck, that was insane. Yeah, that's when that's when I used to get the uh, the you know the people going. God, he reminds me a little bit of Dorian. He reminds me a little bit of Dorian. You know, like that. You know, the graininess, the conditioning, and and obviously you didn't have the size Dorian had, but I think um, people were just kind of in awe of, of the conditioning. But you allowed us to take you to that place where most people don't go because it's very very scary. And you don't want to listen. You start listening to other people that are trying to create avenues of uh, of ease and uh, and and less friction. And I'm letting you know that this is going to be a fucking dogfight. We're going to go in this, and we are going to probably you're going to feel like you're dying. You're going to feel like you're going through it because it's it's really the it's my method. You know, and, and, and believe it or not, it's to circumvent all the additional stuff where people think it's all about like, you know, super sups and drugs and this and that. And my system is so beyond it's it's just I think you can attest to that, you know, it's why uh, this podcast is called The Truth with Honey Rambod. Yep. The way this this whole thing works was the uh, work comes first. Yes. Work comes first. Diet than everything else. Yep. If you're not doing the work, nothing else matters. If you're not eating the food, everything else doesn't fucking matter. Those two things have to come first. And if you're not willing to do them, you're not going to make it. Nothing can make up for those, those items. And right. I learned that later on, uh, after this, because those things, it, it, 
people have a misconception of 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 this sport it's very very intense and it's as intense as you make it and you see today some of these athletes that are doing the work you can you can see the ones that are putting in the work because they look they have a different look there's a whole other level that they're getting to other than what most people today look like um and it's it's not scary in the sense of with me pro you've had me on such a low dose of test i thought you were fucking with me yeah like leading in nationals and 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 one year we you one one year you got it checked i think we were getting ready for one of the pro shows i think and it was like fake (laughs) you it was like you you had told me like that was after Dallas. That was after Dallas. <laughs> and you're like, I got it checked, and it was like nine milligrams per cc or you're something. Garbage. <laughs> I was like, dude, you basically were getting ready for a show naturally. <laughs> so, but but the work is always the most important thing, and um, yeah, you, yeah, fuck, dude, that was wild. Yeah, that was, that was so much fun. That was so much yeah. fun. But I, don't you think that that really laid the foundation for your all your future successes, though? I mean, not just what happened on stage. Because I mean, again, there are some things that happened at the very end of your bodybuilding career. You know, like you know, and and by no means am I am I trying to um, you know say that you 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 can't come back or because we could, we should talk about that at some point maybe. But the whole thing is that at that point that that do you feel that a lot of that stuff that you learned helped set and pave the way for axe and sledge and everything else. And I mean, do you, do you feel that or do you feel that that was just uh, something completely separate? <laughs> my, m- m- I only connect with people looking back now that I'm, I'm going to be 36 soon. Whenever you're a young 15 year old kid, you don't know your ass from a hole ground. Then when you're in your twenties, you kind of know some stuff. And then you think you know more stuff and you realize you don't. And then you realize like you realize more stuff about yourself as you get older. Looking back, I connected best with people that just like to work. My father, all the dude does is know how to work. I turned into the fucking guy for God's sakes. With you, you had the same mentality of putting me to work at a level that you didn't want like me to kind of work. You didn't want me to kind of be good at this. You, my name and your name were attached to each other. So therefore you expected the best. And that was the amount of work that it took. And if I never would have went through those things with bodybuilding and the adversity of big thing that people don't take into consideration is fame. Whenever you're famous, whenever your name is throughout an entire industry, it's a lot of pressure on your back. People think that you're fictitious. They don't believe that you're even real, but you can't let that affect you. You have to continue to work. So as I progressed over the years, if I never would have went through those things or went through those feelings of fame and fuck ups, because in in 2012, whenever the massive meltdown of Seth Ferrosi occurred, if I never would have went through that and fucked up the way I did, I wouldn't have the respect that I do for this industry, for yourself, for the fans, for, for everybody that runs all of bodybuilding, for people that run supplement companies. I fucked up in front of everyone in bodybuilding. I was on top of the world with honey fucking Rambod, muscle tech, muscular development, 
I was the young white hope. The fucking clean cut white kid that looks phenomenal. Look at this shredded fucking bone dry. And then, and uh, it was it was disheartening for me because I'd never lost. It was a Toronto Pro of 2012. Yep. Um, June, I think it was June 2nd that we did that show. Mm-hmm. And you were cool, man. You were like, dude, it's no big deal. Yeah. You're good, calm yeah. down. Yeah, that, the pressure, the pressure, like, and again, I had two people in that show, right? The I remember it was you and Bill Wilmore. Bill Wilmore and, won. Yeah. Bill Wilmore, who has very, another person, very subprime genetics. Okay. Oh, I love Bill yeah. to death, but, but Bill has got very subprime. He had to get to where he's at with those shows in top five through conditioning. Okay. He would get himself, we, you know, he would, he would be very, again, very coachable. He was a wrestler. He was very coachable. It was one of those things where I started working with him before I even started working with Phil. Um, he won the nationals in 05 and Bill was a guy that also worked very, very hard, but that show you went into the open class. And I think that, um, you know, and I'll let you tell the story because obviously there's, there's, there's always two sides to the story, but, but when you went into that show, the pressure had already was seeping in because there were some things that you were doing going off of the plan and food and this and that, and a bunch of different things. Cause you were worried about size and you were worrying about your weight. And, um, cause you were trained with Mike Eli at the time. And, you know, I was getting information back and I'm trying to work with it because again, as trainers, any trainer who's watching this knows you're just as much of a shrink as you are a trainer because <laughs> you got to make sure that you can convince that person, right? You got to convince that person to do what you want them to do. You got to work with personalities and personalities turn into fucking egos. Yep. Yep. And, and Bill, you know, Bill, very happy for him. He won the show and then you had placed, I believe was fifth or sixth. I think you were at sixth, sure. right? So you had just, and again, and, and part of it, you would have been a little bit higher if you would have just had a better prejudging because the night show, you kind of like already had given up. Yeah. At, the, at the night show. And, um, but I think the pressure had gotten to you, but, but just, let's just touch on that for a second. So the pressure got to you. So let's, let's see what happened after the glory of turning pro getting the, the badass contract for muscle tech, getting that badass contract for muscular development, talking about, like you, you said, the great white hope, right? All of those things. What was the what was the triggering effect, or was it just a culmination of pressure? Because that's because, at that so point. I I think personally, looking back on it, <clears throat> I wanted more, but uh, knowing what I know now, I didn't dream big enough. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to turn pro. I turned pro. I won my first pro show, and then I was like, I don't want to do two o two. I had trouble making weight. I want to do the open class. I want to be a big guy. And at that point, um, I think I, it started swelling my head up. I started getting a bigger head thinking that I was better than I was. And my home life was rough and I, I wasn't happy at home. And then whenever I'd go to the gym, I'd be stressed out because the pressure of becoming bigger and better got to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't handle it well. I, listen to you 75% of the time. Right. If I would have listened to a hundred percent of the time, it would have been a different story. 75% of the time or 75% of you listening to a coach doesn't fucking work. But at the time I'm Seth Perosi. I'm fucking special. Right. 
And then, um, again, I, nothing was, nothing was going the way that I thought it was supposed to go being a pro bodybuilder. You know what I mean? I was making mailbox money, but yet I still, I was missing something and it was because I didn't have a goal. I didn't have this bigger dream. I didn't have this. I wasn't able to conceptualize what was going on. So that's whenever I think personally, I that's I just thought I was better than I was. And that's something that you should never do in life. Right. So you self-sabotage to a degree. I guess that's a great way to put it. Uh, whenever we went to the show, you knew I wasn't in shape because nope. you knew that I just was playing the size game. I was adding more carb into my carb drinks mm-hmm. than, I, than I should have been. I wanted yep. to stay fuller and rounder. Um, I do 35 minutes of cardio instead of 40. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I heard about the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like six weeks out, you know, I yep. want to stay big. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are the things that you told me <laughs> not to do early on in my career whenever we went did the photo shoot in Venice. And, and oh, yeah, Scott, I remember that now. I forgot all about like, that. This is what the fucking other guys had did. You were telling me about Melvin Anthony. Yep. I loved Melvin Anthony. We got to get Melvin Anthony on here. He'll tell some wild stories about Melvin. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to get to that. You, you invited me on this. I'm asking questions about other yeah. athletes. Okay. Okay. You were like, that motherfucker would loved his Hershey bars. And I'm like, Melvin Anthony, like that one, that one, you know, Melvin Anthony, the guy, mm-hmm. the poser. And you're like, motherfucker loved chocolate bars. He'd mm-hmm. eat them like three weeks out. And I'm like, who the fuck would eat a chocolate bar three weeks out? Mm-hmm. In my head, whenever I was in that situation in 09, and then... Fast forward three years later, kind of doing the same thing. Uh, and, and I mean, do I regret being a fucking asshole? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. No, because if uh, whenever I went to that show and I lost and I didn't do that, I, be, I melted down personally. And you, meanwhile, you're like, dude, calm down. Yeah. We're going to make we'll, this better. Yeah, we'll reset. We'll reset. And I'm like, I'm fucking done. I just melted down in front of the entire fucking bodybuilding community. I lost the show. Everybody expected me to be better and I wasn't. Fuck me. And you're like, you're cool, dude. Calm down. You just need to get your shit together. And at the time I had just lost, so I was an emotional wreck. And I'm like, maybe you need to get your shit together. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) So uh, I, I remember it because I was just so mind fucked. I was so mad at the world. I was so upset. I uh, I was we were driving home and I said, I'm going to go home and I'm just I'm done with bodybuilding. I'm fucking done. I don't want nothing to do with it. I was disheartened. I was bent out of shape. I was upset. And then um, uh, I didn't talk to you for a while. And then I didn't talk to you at all. And I was fucking done with you. And you touch base here and there and I wouldn't answer the phone. Meanwhile, you and I were fucking clicking all the time. And then at that point you were like, you're on your own kid. Yeah. yeah. Not calm because I wasn't answering the phone. I wasn't doing anything. And yeah. then um, I got told, you know, I need to do a 212 show by Steve Blackman from MD. And I'm like, all right. I was like, I'm going to go do this fucking show on my own and I'm going to kill it. <laughs> Look on your face is too much, man. <laughs> That didn't happen, bro. (laughs) I did more cardio than I've ever done. I've trained harder than I've ever trained. I took more fucking drugs than I ever took. Expecting like great things to happen. I go to fucking Sarasota. I go to Sarasota 
and I am a fucking beaten, flaccid penis. I was a mess. Jason High, I saw uh, Jason was down there, and I was like, I need help this, and he's like, all right, we're gonna like try and help you here. He was being as polite as possible, saying you're fucked. Um, and then, uh, and uh, and then the Sarasota, and that was 2012. That was uh, what was that? End of August, 2012, yeah. I believe. And um, yeah, you had done one or two shows. Was it one show or two shows you did? I just did that show. Oh, okay. I completely shit the bed. My body fell apart. Like I was like watery in some spots, and then like I'd have separation in a leg and watery chest. Blood work didn't look good after that show. Um, and that's whenever I was like, all right, everybody, I'm done with bodybuilding. See you the fuck later. I'm done. I'm out. Uh, and then I disappeared. I yep. stopped everything. Uh, Steve Blackman sent me a, a uh, he sent me a letter on Monday, right after the show, you're fired. Uh, uh. Got off that contract. So that was, uh, it was $4,500 a month completely mm-hmm. gone right away. And I'm like, Oh fuck me. That sucks. But in my head, I was like, I have to go home and go to work. And then muscle tech, they were like, well, no, we want to support you. Just take some time, take a couple months and think about it. And I'm like, you guys are supposed to be pricks. Everybody says they hate you guys. And they're like, mm-hmm. you're a fucking mess right now. Get your shit together. So they kept paying me. They let me think about it for a little bit. And, uh, and no, I was like, and then I remember at the end of the year in 2012, I was like, Hey guys, I'm done. I don't want your money anymore. They're like, no, you just need to think about it longer. They were paying me. I think they were paying me like 4,500 bucks a month too. Yeah. You were making, yeah, you were making over 10 G's a month. Just be, you oh, know, yeah. and then plus a bunch of other, grand a month. Yeah. yeah. Doing really well. And yeah, I was yeah. good. Fuck. Cause even then I was telling you, yeah, it was going to keep building up from there and all the things because, because, uh, you know, the state of the, uh, thing was really, I mean, the bodybuilding, I mean, you were, you were the future. I didn't know that fucking up at one show wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried to explain that to you, but it was just like, you had no, you had no, you didn't, you were just like, no, you don't understand. The world is just fucking exploded and you are completely out of your mind. You don't even know what I, you don't know what I'm going through right now. And and my home life was not good at the time either. And that right. was playing a significant role in everything. And, um, that was whenever things between me and my ex, it was really, really ugly at home and it was not a good situation. Um, so I, I personally, at that point in 2012, 2013, I felt like my whole world was shutting down. Everything was concaving and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I was an asshole to absolutely everybody. Um, and it was crazy because being older, I was the asshole to the only people that actually like really actually gave a fuck about me. Right. It's funny how that works, right? It's a common thing. Yeah. A lot of people do that. And then, and being in the situation you were, you're like, I've worked with everybody. This is this okay. You just backed away and let it go. And then I, uh, I disappeared. I fucking stopped. And that's whenever the whole thing of Hani Rambod killed Seth Ferrosi. Hani yeah. Rambod ruined Seth. And meanwhile, I disappeared and I had no intentions of ever coming back. And like you took the fucking brunt and hate of it all. Yeah, man. You would have thought that I literally had um, like sold your kidneys on eBay. Like, I mean, I, you know, packed you in ice, told you to call 911. I, I, I basically dismantled you or something. I mean, again, it's it's tough because 
looking back at it now, it's one of those things where when you don't have a narrative, right, and you don't have the ability to, and again, I'm kind of a quiet guy in general. Like I don't, I don't, I try to stay behind the scenes as much as possible. Like when I'm, when I say quiet, I mean like trying to be loud and and very uh, opinionated in front of the camera. It's not me. Um, and I, I'm, I'll tell all, you know, you or Phil or whoever, like, you know, what, what, how I really feel, <laughs> you know, but, but I'm not the guy that like, I like, okay, calm down, pump the brakes. Does it really make sense for me to have to go and do this? You know, whatever. No, but what happened with you was like, uh, like you said, was, was a tragedy in regards to the competitive nature of bodybuilding, what they missed out on, what you could have had done. But like you said, it's almost like when I go to the racing track, right? And you miss a turn and then you're like, you, you kind of came off of the track for a second and you had to just come back on and just kind of regroup and get your head straight. You pulled in, you shut it down, you took your helmet off and you're like, threw me the keys and said, I'm fucking done. And, and I was like, okay, this is not, you know, it just sucks because seeing that, but again, when when people ask me are you mad at at seth because when when people especially in the beginning when you didn't you know when you were quiet people were like oh he's you know he he's broken there's something wrong with him you had something to do with it and i'm like no bro <laughs> you know the, the it's just that he's kind of went away and and, and kind of sequestered himself and because he's dealing with the fact that he has to create an afterlife and it was not a soft landing and so with that being said, with that being said, um, were you okay? Or did you just, did you push stuff a little too hard at that point? And then you kind of got yourself sick or what happened at that point? Because again, you were running really healthy, but you did, you did go a little bit crazy and, and extend a lot of things where, you know, you were getting blood work done before you were doing things in a very precise manner that I do them in, in regards to making sure that, you know, you minimize a lot, you know, keeping your health as, as, as the first foremost uh, priority. I mean, did you just go off the deep end or, or what? Cause I mean, I heard all kinds of stories. I heard, I heard that you were also, there were some things uh, uh, like, you know, you, you were maybe doing some recreational stuff and stuff like that. You know, I didn't get back into blow. I did a lot of cocaine in college. Uh, that was like, I love Superman <laughs> drugs. <laughs> my fiance or my my wife at the time uh she was she got really heavy in the drugs right um i wasn't right. into drugs i loved steroids so uh, the big thing was the thing that fucked me i know i i remember doing that sarasota show whenever you weren't with me i i i, I was fucking going insane and started hammering halitestin oh that was the one drug that you were always like so fucking like hey yeah. dude this you is not be a careful joke. yeah don't don't mess around with like, certain you, things you were so precise at the end you're like this is this yeah. is the one where a lot of people go overboard with and it's a scary yeah. drug mm -hmm. um i remember i was i was like two and a half weeks out and uh i was in it what was i doing fuck i think i was taking like 30 megs of halotest in a day mm-hmm and um and then like a week later i wasn't getting any harder like nothing was nothing was having an effect on me and i'm like i should be getting harder and then like the water really wasn't coming off of me and i'm like something's wrong 
and uh, it was just doing too many drugs. My body mm-hmm. started shutting down. And I, so you really ramped it up. You had really ramped up a bunch. I was taking 150 migs of Winstrol every day on wow. top of uh, on top of Halotestin, Anadrol, or Halotestin, Anavar, Winstrol, way too much, way too, way too much Arimidex and way too much Novadex, just pulling, working my body so hard, trying to pull water and gain the side effects of, of, of Arimidex and Novadex. It wasn't working. Right. Because you were relying on drugs to do things that other things needed to do, whether it was the training, nutrition, all of the other things. And that's where it just went down a dark alley. I became a basket case. Um, And whenever uh, you see it happen to athletes today, Mm -hmm. um, whenever somebody becomes a basket case and there wasn't social media so much back then and Mm -hmm. I, and nobody was, I wasn't on it. It Fucking Facebook was pretty much it in my space. But today, whenever a bodybuilder loses their mind and they start going off the deep end and start saying shit, they shouldn't say online and start going nuts. And I'm like, fuck dude, I know what's going on because the super supplements, if you go overboard, they will fuck with your head. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have somebody, if you don't have a coach, a significant other, a, a support group with you that's training, that's watching over your well-being of your mentality, because when you're in bodybuilding shows, like you can't be thinking about business. Mm-hmm. You can't be thinking about anything but becoming this. You can't think anything about but winning. Right. And um, whenever I see it happen today, I'm like, fuck, dude, I wish... I wish I could talk to you, but no matter what I would say to that person right now, it ain't going through shit. Because <laughs> right. at that point, you could have said anything to me, and I wasn't going. I wasn't listening. I was right. Right. It's crazy how that happens, and it's hard to explain. But um, it's unfortunate. Uh, like you know, you saying, you saying how people were like, man, that's like that dude's conditioning is on like a Dorian level. Mm-hmm. Like Andreas Munzer, like mm-hmm. I mean, the conditioning was very scary. Mm-hmm. It was on point, and, and we got there through the unsurmountable amount of work and the perfection at every single little fucking detail. Yep. And then hearing that now, as a huge fan of bodybuilding, I can't say I regret it because I love where I'm at, but uh, the amount of unfinished business that I have on that stage. It will be something I live with for the rest of my life that does fuck with my belly a little bit because I had everything all right there. Yeah. And, uh, and at that time just didn't go together. But like I said, right now I'm in a great position in my life, uh, and building the businesses and learning all of this stuff and still being friends with you and us talking. And, and, and I remember even, even whenever I came back, I called you before I fucking came back and I'm like, Hey man, I got to talk to you. It's 2015. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the early December of 2015. I was like, I got to apologize to you. It caught out of blue. Um, and you were like, you know, man, it's, it's all good. Yeah. You had sent me, you'd sent me, I got something in the mail right before that. I believe it was sometime I can't remember exactly when, but you had sent me s- some cigars and actually, no, it was whiskey. You you taught me, I think it was Johnny Green. I think Johnny you saw me. Johnny Green. Yep. Johnny Green, a candle and a note. And it was before we started talking and it was kind of a, a prefacing that you were alluding to apologizing, but it was kind of like in, in this, in a very like deep way without like just kind of saying, Hey man, um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember what the note said, but it was, it was basically like, I'm sorry. 
And, um, and, uh, and again, as your coach, I was also the good and the bad. Um, we had, we, after we would, you know, win and we'd have a good time at some of these shows together, I got you into smoking cigars, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I got you to smoke, you know, drinking whiskey and scotch. <laughs> there he goes. He just ran off of, he ran off the camera. Oh, I shit. Just <laughs> So, uh, you know, the good habits and the bad, you know, but, but ultimately I said, this is a good way to chill out where you're not going to get some extra calories and you can turn around as long as you don't have any asthma or anything like that, then you're okay. And, um, and then you're like, and you and the Seth Ferrosi voice said, fucking a bro. And we went to puff and stuff in Pittsburgh. And, um, there's a, it's a cigar shop right, right across from the Sheraton there. Yep. And we went there and grab a stick and we sat back and we talked and we would just chill. And you're like, dude, this really helps me chill out. I said, yeah, you know, it kind of, up. yeah, I said, and now, and now you got a bag full of my father's and all these other nice stuff. Uh, I spend so much money on cigars. It's bad. <laughs> Spot. I, and people ask me like how I got into it and I tell them you, and I'm like, they're like, <laughs> like, like the amount of bourbon and scotch we have in the other room and. I spend, I, I, people were curious if anybody's wondering what I spend like useless money on <laughs> bourbon, scotch, cigars. Um, yeah. And I did get you into a little bit of a car habit a little bit. It seems like that too, because that's rubbed off on you because you sent me the picture of the nice AMG Benz that yeah, you, uh, I, I, yeah. I really want, uh, so I have this thing with Porsches. Okay. Rob bought one. I, I want to rip, I got to drive one because that is, I feel like, you can't discriminate on cars, dude. No. There's something cool about every single car. That's, you still have the GT500? Um, no, I had the GT350R, and oh, then okay. I sold that, and then I bought a bunch of cars between now and then. But I want to go back, before we go on the cars, because I do want to talk about this whole thing about how we reunited after that. You gave me the, the bottle of, of, of Johnny Green. I got that. Then I got the call a little while late, later after that, and you said, like, and then by then, you know, several you know years had gone by or whatnot and and you had also i think right after that did an interview with dave palumbo and and you had basically set the record straight and and basically you took ownership of it and at, at that point it wasn't anymore about like trying to make excuses or anything like that and that's why i respected and, and accepted your apology because i said look man he made a mistake he apologized he owned it and at the end of the day, nobody's perfect, but he owned it. And then he also set the record straight. Look, dude, anything, you know, nothing happened to me in regards to my health or this or that or whatever that had honey had anything to do with. And that's when I was like, okay, it's not just a simple, I'm sorry. It was literally going actively going out of your way to clear my name because again, it kind of got run through the mud because nobody had any else, anything else to talk about. You and know, I didn't, I wasn't anywhere to say anything. Right. right? Yeah. yeah, and it's it's one of those. It's uh, uh, I think as a young as a young as a young man as a young person, it's always hard to have a dis difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to have them. Nobody wants to have the difficult conversations like owning a business right now or firing somebody, making a wrong decision on a huge marketing campaign. Nobody wants to like be a bad guy. Nobody wants to. If you fuck up, nobody, everybody's like, so if I don't talk about it for a minute, maybe everybody will forget. Right. That might happen. And then like, maybe if it's like a little thing, they might be like, 
everybody fucks up. He just doesn't want to talk about it. It's okay. We know he knows he's wrong or something like that. This wasn't like that. This was a big thing. And, and for me, a growing as a person and, and becoming who I was and how I began to think after what was going on in my home life, I say, if I don't, if I don't be this man, how the fuck are my kids going to respect me for who I become? It's going to not set a good example for them. Right. And I said, anything that I ever fuck up, I have to own, accept, and take. If I don't, I'm going to be an asshole. Nobody's, there's, ah, there goes Seth. There goes, because we all know people like that. If, and especially like, it's okay if you fuck up. It's okay to make big mistakes. It's okay to fuck up in front of all of bodybuilding. It's mm-hmm. okay to fucking make a bad decision with a marketing plan. You're just going to lose money. If you let those things, if you let those things run your life like that, you're never going to be successful. Right. You're never going to grow as a person. And I realized that the one person that actually like really cared about me in the industry that didn't fuck me over, that didn't do, that didn't sabotage my life, that didn't do anything but take me under his wing and treat me like I was going to become something great. That was the one person that I like really, really fucked over. And it was like one of those things that uh, I, I'll never forget it still to this day because it's, uh, it, it was the right thing to do. And if you're never wrong to do the right thing. Yeah, or too late. If you do the right thing, people may not like it. Right. The person that you hurt might not like it, but at least you'll be able to sleep at night and accept yourself for who you are and know don't make that fucking mistake again. Yeah, you got to learn from it. I hold myself to those things all the time. I have to. No, and I appreciate that, man. I really do. I mean, it's, it's uh, like I said, um, when we talk, um, you know, obviously we haven't seen each other in a while because of, uh, you know, traveling and stuff has been put to a halt uh, on hold right now with the pandemic and this whole COVID thing. But it's, uh, it's always uh, such a good time because it's like literally right going back to the days of, you know, you winning the nationals or, you you know, going to these shows and, and being at these shows together and hanging out because I think, uh, you know, I have, I have a small circle, but the circle is super tight. And, um, it's one of those things where, um, when I would hang out with Ronnie or I hang out with you or when I hang out with Phil or when I hang out with any of any of the close guys, you know, for that, that period of time, uh, that as I was coming up too, you know, I mean, that was 10 years ago. Um, however many Olympias late, uh, since then and everything else. I mean, Jay hadn't even hit yet. And, uh, you know, cause he had just come in and won right in, you know, Oh nine and groundbreaking and all that. So it was, it was a really, um, it was a really cool time. And so whenever we get together and we, or we talk or I, you know, you, you know, I bust your, I love busting your balls, by the way. It's great because like when you send me that picture, now, now we can talk about the, you know, the, the car because you send me, you send me the picture of the car and, and again, a guy who's not really into cars, but is liking like, kind of like, I'm trying to get you into cars and you're getting a little bit more into it. And I think we were in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago and we were on the bridge and we were doing our like Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I remember, I remember uh, you were like, no, because I had my, I had my boots on and you're like, what the fuck are you doing to your boots? Yeah. And it was because of how I walked. I walk on my heels. I'll never yeah. forget it. You're like, you need new fucking boots. Yeah. And it was because I was walking uh, the way I walked. And uh, I, I don't know, man, you've always, uh, you're like the big brother that I never had. 
the dude that was, you're always busting my balls, but you're always looking out for the best of me. And, yeah. uh, and, and as years have gone by, it's always been, um, uh, even whenever I started AAR and you're like, uh, and, and you're like, I know this is going to work. This is yeah. going to hit. It's great. And you were like, I just can't wait until, you know, years down the road, whenever we're both making, make, making more money and everything's going well, and we get to sit back and reminisce about old times. And I'm like, I, whenever those things are, co- are going on, it's nice because I think about those things now. And I'm like, I'm yeah. excited. I, I, I uh, it's, this sport has given me, uh, has given me so much to, to reminisce and think about and appreciate and being in the position that we are now, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to work harder and enjoy more because, yeah. uh, like, especially with the pandemic hitting like it did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I told you, I was like, I, we talked earlier. I said, when you come in to Pittsburgh for the Mr. Pittsburgh show, you got to come on our podcast mm-hmm. because everybody that's watching now, uh, uh I, this is about me and you know, our story and how wild it is. You have this feeling that I have in the way you feel about what we have done together because it's a fucking roller coaster. Probably, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm going to have a chapter in the Honey Rambot book. Yep. Uh, you have about 38 chapters <laughs> of all these other athletes that were huge deals back in the day. And I heard all these fucked up, <laughs> wild, insane stories that nobody <laughs> has any fucking clue. And we could, like, talk about their names and, like uh, – his main name, his main name, his name might rhyme with Craig Titus. <laughs> He's about the dudes back in the day. Oh, I'm like, God. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like you, you would tell me the stories about like just going and talking to the guys who's bodybuilding. It is a sport for the wildest people. Yeah. You have to be wild, intense and have a passion. Like the passion is something that uh, like you can't be a pro bodybuilder without passion. Absolutely. And then, like, all the personalities that are in bodybuilding are insane. They're yeah. insane. And I remember, like, the Melvin Anthony story and how oh. you were training Quincy Taylor and oh. Craig Titus partying in Vegas, and he's telling you about how he gets more shredded, and you're like, no. <laughs> Dude. Uh, no. Idea, Craig. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. The stories, I can't even, I don't even want you to bring up the Melvin Anthony story because I'll be honest with you, nobody tells that story better than Melvin because I remember oh, Melvin, Melvin Anthony um, was one of those that actually who, who connected me and Melvin were actually, was Ronnie Coleman because Ronnie says, yeah, Ronnie said, hey, look, you should talk uh, to Hani because Hani's really coming up. This is, you know, and. I don't remember 2008, nine, something like that. Or, um, actually, actually, I'm sorry. We got to go back to the previous decade. This is early 2000, like one or something like that. It was, it was way before that. And so Ronnie said, Hey, would you take on Melvin? And I was like, well, he's got amazing genetics, but does he like to work? Because, you know, this is my formula. And, um, and again, Melvin tells the best story because, he asked me to also be his manager because he's like, Hey, can you help me out? Try to get a contract? Cause I need to get paid, bro. And I am um, the whole story about him and the cops chasing after him and him having a cell phone and calling me from the tree. And then he was on Pico in LA and he's running around. Then he had to hide in the dumpster. And I mean, Oh God. And I think, I think, you know, so many people know about that story, you know, a handful of people. And then one time, I think it was Phil or somebody saw him at one of the events and, and they said, well, you know, I'm sure it's all exaggeration, right? 
And he, he goes, bro, are you kidding me? Exaggeration. He didn't tell you all of it. <laughs> he, he was holding back. He was trying to like, so at, at some He's point we got to. I'm not too crazy. Exactly. But yeah, he was literally breaking up with his girlfriend. I was trying to get him a contract. He was trying to find a place to live. He lived several blocks from Gold's Venice and he was running around town and he said the police were after him because his girl was crazy. This girl, the girl he was with it was crazy. And she was, she was trying to get him kicked out of the house. And he literally, I heard it, it sounded like he was in a dumpster. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, he goes, hold on, bro. The cops are, our cops are in the, they're walking by. I got to stay quiet. I go, what the fuck are the cops coming after you for? And he's like, I'll tell you the whole story, bro. It's not my fault. I'll tell you the whole story. And I'll tell you later. I'll tell you, I got to go. I got to go. And it sounded, the echo was like, you could hear he was in a dumpster. And, um, (laughs) and you know, I'm just, yeah. The the shit that people, uh, cause that's your, your personality is like you said you're like a you're like a therapist you're like a, yeah. you're like a, everybody's therapist you're involved in our lives you're involved in every athlete like you're not just like hey eat this eat this eat this because in, in your head everything is so important so many little details are so important to They're get connected. you to your, yeah you have to be and and i'm i remember whenever i came out i came out to to san jose mm-hmm. and uh i stayed in your house mm-hmm. and that's when we were doing the FST7 video. Yep. And, uh, bro, you were on the phone the whole fucking time. Yeah. The whole time. Like, I'm there, and I'm like, man, like, you've been on the phone, and then, like, you get off the phone, and be like, all right, you ready to train? I'm like, yeah. we train, and then we go eat, and, like, in between from training to eating, you're on the phone. And yep. then when we're sitting down, you're texting, and then we get up and leave, you're back on the phone. I'm like, this motherfucker has not stopped. And he's not talking, he's talking about the training, he's talking about their personal life. He, like, it was on and on and on. And I'm like, <laughs> this dude's life sucks. No, I loved it, man. I that's, that's, uh, yeah. But everybody from the outside, I mean, my wife was like, well, which was my girlfriend back then, um, fairness, you know, because yeah, in the video, I mean, you was, know, we were it dating. It was wild because I was like, uh, I, and then the, I think uh, I remember I was at your house and I just got done eating uh, some fish and you're like, I got to take this call. And you were speaking. Was it Farsic? Mm-hmm. Farsi. You started speak. You started. And I'm like speaking in Farsi. Oh, speaks another language, too. And then you were on the phone outside talking and talking. And I'm like, this is a this is a wild individual. This is this is I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. But all right, I'm here. Let's go. But uh, that was uh I'm not sure I haven't worked with other coaches, but I don't know uh, how they are, but I knew that the level of intensity that you brought to the table was going to be your absolute best. And if you didn't like it, you were still getting it. Yeah. 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 Well, I treated everything like it was the Olympia and it was something that was important. It didn't matter if it was the Pittsburgh show or if it was, you know, the San Jose, everything was always going to be at that level because that's just who I am. But that's one of the reasons why I didn't work with a lot of people. And also, you know, I would always try to figure out how to not work with somebody by, by testing them in a lot of different scenarios before I'd even work with them or just work with them in the off season and just get a good feel before I would even go into a prep with somebody just so I can figure out whether or not the person is going to be able to have the actual fortitude to be able to go through a prep with me because most, you know, can't do it. No. And you've worked with, I mean, bro, that the, the reason people give you shit is because you work with the best. Yeah. Like Phil Heath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven Olympias. Jay mm-hmm. Cutler. 
Jay Cutler's mm-hmm. comeback, mm-hmm. two Olympias with Jay, mm-hmm. and then uh, Jeremy Buendia, four mm-hmm. Olympias with him. Mm-hmm. Like, say, uh, as you get bigger as a company or a brand or as yourself, all you do, like, the fame and fortune is wonderful, but the, the, lev- the target that goes on your back is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And as our industry has grew within social media, it just creates more opportunity for people to throw fucking shit at you. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm curious to this. What is it like? Like we talked about the feeling of me turning pro and it's awesome, but you have had people you, we're talking about the best of the best in the entire world out of the fucking trillions of, what is it? How many people are in the fucking world? What is it? Like, uh, like 6 billion, 7 billion people. I, it's a lot. Whatever the fuck you are coaching the absolute best and have been for a fucking decade. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like? It's, it's one of those feelings for me that I'm I'm starting to feel it now after, uh, you know, Phil had won seven. And now, obviously, he just announced a couple of days ago that he's coming back. Yeah, um, it, it's it's one of those things that it, it, it's uh, had a really, really good run. You know, Jay starting off with Jay in 09 coming in is probably one of his best ever, if not the best ever that he's ever yeah. come in. I mean, I know he likes to use those foot stomp pictures and, and we have stories that we could tell, you know, him and I hilarious man and places where, yeah, with, you know, uh, you know, hopefully we can get Jay on here, but it's one of those things where honestly, we, I would never take it back because it was such a, a good time that it was almost like your job, your passion, and throwing about a 10% frat party that I never had, was in a frat, you know, that when we would go out on tour, you know, and we would go and we would be in India and, and Jay would be passed out and Phil would be like, Hey, go get it, go get him. And I would and I'd try to wake him up and he didn't know where he was at. And he tried to kick me with like a ninja kick. And I was like, I almost, he almost knocked me out. I mean, just stories, man, like stories of crazy shit. Or when I, you know, all those things I would never take back. So what does it feel like? All of those moments in time, I'm starting to now appreciate, you know, um, I'm 45 now and 19 Olympias later, a bunch of pro cards. I mean, you know, a a bunch of different uh, just goals that I've accomplished, but it's, it's never enough. That's just my personality. It's never going to be enough. I'm always chasing, but as, as Phil would always say, you got to stop and smell the roses and, um, and one of the things that you got to do is you got to really appreciate what you have and on what you've done. And because if you're always chasing, you'll never really appreciate, you know, the, the accomplishments. So that's what I'm trying to, uh, trying to do now because as, as becoming more mature and you start getting older, those are the things that say, Hey, look, the hunt is cool and all. But sometimes you want to go back and you want to try to think about this, like what we're doing right now, reminiscing about Seth Ferrosi getting his pro card. And, um, you know, that's that's really, really cool. Oh, man. And I asked that because, uh, like, it's the best of the best. I've never I've never been the best of the best. I've never been number one. And yet you've coached, like you said, 19 Olympias. You have 19 Olympia Mm -hmm. wins. 
with your athletes. That is something that, um, like, uh, like that's, I couldn't imagine that yet in your head. If I'm thinking the way that you do, you're probably like, I, like you just said, you wanted more. It wasn't enough, but it was, mm-hmm. but you got to appreciate it. But to be that is, uh, is something that I, I think about. I'm like, man, it's, it's a wild thing to think about because there's only a select group of people that are ever going to feel that yet you don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. But that's just how I'm wired. You know, like you saw how many times I would give you samples of my products and I would keep making like different versions and different versions and different versions and different versions. I'd make a hundred different versions of something and, and use you guys as a lab rat, you know, and say, Hey, look, you know, I like this carbolin base versus this base or that base or whatever. And then I'm going to tweak this and then we would use it. And those are the things that I I just, because I, I, I have that obsessive gene that I'm always trying to get better. I did pick a lot of that shit from you because you're right. Like all that little stuff, like it has to be perfect. Like I can't, you'd never do that. Why the fuck would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. Right. And it's almost like you're not being an asshole, but you're an asshole. Yeah. Like it's not like, uh, like whenever, whenever you're, uh, when with Phil winning the Olympias and with Jeremy winning the Olympias at the same time and knowing you and how you operated, mm-hmm. like I was like envisioning your day and how you, and, and how it was going on because I saw it in action with me and it kind of fucking blew my mind. And I'm like, this is on the Olympia level. We're talking about Phil fucking Heath, Jeremy Buendia winning. And I'm Nicole Wilkins. Nicole Wilkins was at the same time. So when I had Nicole and Jay and Phil and all of them, you know, we, you know, it, it was one of those things where. Yeah. Very intense. Yeah. But you got to feed off of it. And that's what I do. And now, uh, you know, I see a little bit of that in you now. I think you kind of, you, you like it and you enjoy it and you try to raise, you keep raising up to that level. You know, I have a problem with work. I have a very big problem with work. I have a goal in mind with businesses. I, uh, I have phenomenal business partners. Um, we all have a specific role and just, if you stay in your lane and you Mm -hmm. do your job to the best of your abilities, greatness will occur every single person in this building and all of our employees everybody has their goal everybody has their their place here's your goal achieve it to the best of your abilities mm-hmm. coach them make sure they're good and what we're achieving with the businesses is to this day blowing my mind and it's hard to like i said i feel like there's all this unfinished business on stage and i fucking toy with it all the time i've gotten to the point now where i'm like I love these businesses. They're growing at a le- to a level that I never even thought possible. I figured out that I'm actually, I think, better at running businesses than I was at bodybuilding. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> bodybuilding, you gotta go to business. And I love, and I, I like training. I'm back to training after I tore the tricep and I'm lifting weights again. I'm like, yeah. like t- today I fucking murdered shoulders. And I'm like, well, no, I yeah. liked it a lot. Like, yeah. Oh no, man, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't say ever. You can't say you're. You've never said you're completely gone forever. You've never said that. You, you did say that. You said never. You were. You're always like, don't ever say never, because then whenever that happens, it's going to occur. Like that whole bullshit, bullshit cliche stuff. That's that stuff. I think. About, I, I, I love the sport of bodybuilding. Um, my story of this is one of the craziest roller coasters 
because it's so up, it's so down, it's wrapped around, you do these fucking flips and there's so many little entangled things in the middle of it that it's like, man, one hell of a ride, only, what, six fucking shows in a decade, six shows, six shows like up and down. Five years? Yeah, within, I did them in three years, and then yep. on top of that, now I have three, six, three incredibly successful companies, a nutrition store, uh, a phenomenal family, three fucking kids. Life is wild. Yeah. And and the and anybody that's listening, young people um, that are like, don't know what the fuck is going on. Have these dreams. Have them. Know that they're going to be ups and downs, and uh, make sure that you appreciate the people that are in your life. Yeah. I had, and that's that's what it comes down to. I was on both ends of it. I had really great people in my life um, and that I was good. I have, I had bad people in my life and I was bad. Um, I fucked good people over like yourself. Um, I've been fucked over. I've been stabbed in the back. Um, all those things have to occur in life in order to grow. But the big thing for me was uh, learning how to uh, own up to the mistakes that you made. 100%. Oh yeah. And you have to, and, and, you know, I know the following that you have is, is insane. The people like you're, you're world renowned all over the fucking world. And it's, um, it's wild to watch because, uh, I'm very, I'm strongly based in the U S mm-hmm. and then, uh, big in, big in Europe and big in mm-hmm. Australia. Uh, but how you go all over the seas, all over overseas, especially with hottie. Mm-hmm. Um, is that how you say hottie? Hottie. Yeah. Hottie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a difference. It's a different, yeah, it's a different demographic. And, and not only that again, uh, I think is, I can't, is it Andre? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andre. Him as well. Like it, it, I, I'm watching it occur and I I'm seeing like, I, I'm not, I'm not make th- saying this cause I'm so fucking special, but I'm seeing a version of myself in Andre because of how young he is. Yep. And this dude, like he progresses. And I think the last show he did was a fucking wild story. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there it is. There's another one. This is great to watch. It's somebody else. Fucking right, dude. You're a mess. Oh man. It's so cool. Well, I'm, I'm definitely game to do your podcast, brother. I really appreciate you being on mine. And especially that's why I thought for the first one, you got to be the one, man. You got to be the one. So I really appreciate um, you doing this. And, you know, I'm down like uh, whenever you're ready, uh, we can go into that. I, I, I can't thank you enough for having me on here. Uh, Given talking about our story, it's 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 a wild roller coaster ride. Um, and uh, all these horrible bad habits, I have you to thank. Good and bad. A lot of great habits. Uh, but uh, like you said, whenever you come in, uh, this is your podcast. I, I'm excited to watch everything. I'm excited to fucking all the people that are going to want to watch this and people want to be on. It's going to be. <laughs> you have connections with people and you have stories. The Ronnie Coleman stories about the cruise. Oh. Um Oh, there's so much and so many great things. I'm excited for to uh, to experience this and watch it and follow along. But when you come in uh, to the Pittsburgh, it'll be uh, uh, the podcast. I'm going to dig into you for the stories uh, for because sure. everybody's uh, you are one of the best 
at what you do like that uh, that's an incredible that's an incredible accomplishment especially knowing your personality and everything even before you were into bodybuilding and your accomplishments in life uh it's inspiring uh to to know that about you because uh when you're in this and you're into business uh and you look for motivation uh it's not a motivation it's almost inspiration of people that are achieving other great things and whenever I think about the great things that you've done, or I lay my head down at pillow at nighttime and I think about the people that have impacted me and how I'm going to become better, um, I'll always look at you like a big brother. Thank I'll you, always man. look at you and be like, man, like, like you saying, you, you, you even saying like today uh, about the businesses or back in the day about the businesses or what they could become. It's inspiring. Yeah. It's good to feel those things. And no matter how successful I ever become or how much money I ever make, um, the most important thing is to have the relationships like we have and good people. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I do too, man. Thank you so much for all the kind words. And, and again, looking forward to getting in on in some of these stories. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys. Um, you guys let us know what you want to hear, what you want to see, comment, subscribe, let me know, share this with your friends. Um, if you like it, if you don't, then don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to say thank you again, Seth. Um, I'm Hanya Rambod, Seth Ferrosi, and this is the truth. <laughs>